The Green Bay Packers Mentor-Protégé Program presents the Lessons in Success podcast with Anna Steinfest. Every week, we will bring you the strategies and resources you need to build your business and add knowledge and expertise in order to have a profitable future for your business. Here's your host, the administrator of the Green Bay Packers Mentor-Protégé Program, Anna Steinfest. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to our new episode of the podcast Lessons in Success. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Michael Troyer, and today we will share with you some strategies on how to manage your family-owned business during difficult times. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Anna. I just wanted to um, say before we started that uh, we will have this morning just an educational dialogue. This is not by any means any advice because every family-owned business is very unique. And depending on your family's needs, history, dynamics, culture, etc. So accept this more as an educational dialogue. And if you can implement one or two tips we will share with you today, that will be wonderful. We received some emails from our um, Green Bay Packers Mentor Protégé alumni in regards to this topic. That's why we decided to include that. And I just will start with the question to Michael. Michael, why do you think it is important? Well, and you and I have have obviously talked about this before, but the, the kind of crisis such as a recession that we may be going into is an emotional experience for any small business. But then you bring in family where emotions are always running uh, deep and complex. We simply add to the stress that everybody's under because as family, we have to be, we have to get together and work together. And that just layers on top of running the business. So this is an important topic, I think. Absolutely. Uh, I totally agree with you because it's, um, I mean, in some businesses, you are there and uh, with your husband, with your wife, with your siblings. We have larger family-owned businesses. However, majority of our businesses are small businesses, so it's stressful. You have to run your uh, company, but you have to also talk to the rest of the family how, what is going on. So, yes. and, and um, let's talk about, uh, you brought up uh, this um, strategy about communicating. Yeah, I, I believe in the concept of more communication rather than less. Sometimes we're under stress. We, we just don't feel we have the time to talk to people or that uh, maybe they don't want to hear it. But I think we have to live with the old axiom that when they don't hear from you, if you're the leader, then they're going to assume the worst. And that's not, not what you want. So con- you need to communicate more rather than less. Uh, I, I think a good idea in this is to establish kind of a code of conduct when you're doing that communication. How should everyone behave? Uh, Should we allow uh, each speaker to say their piece and not jump on them quickly to disagree or to roll our eyes or or smirk? Uh, We we need to listen to each other. That's the message. Absolutely. And and I just wanted to add uh, something to that, that in 1997, Time Magazine uh, uh, posted that uh, the most important invention of the last thousand years was the invention of the printing press by Gutten, um, Gutenberg. So I think that uh, it's, it's kind of give us the idea that communicating and trying to influence one's behavior 
for good, especially, for instance, in our family-owned business system, it's extremely important. You have to use your words. You have to make sure that you convey your ideas why you're doing that. You know, I, have, I think you have to choose your words very carefully. The, the wrong word can affect someone else different from you, and they may misinterpret what you've said. So you need to think about it. But more from, from you as, as well as myself, Anna, how, how should we communicate and these emotional moments that are, where a firm faces difficult situations and decisions? Well, um, I think that uh, when we think about communicating, especially to the family, because there's more involved, um, more emotions involved with that. You're not talking to your employees. I think that uh, you have to put together a very structured meeting and you have to make sure that you communicate. And, and, and during this uh, structured meeting, I think that you have to make sure that you depersonalize the communication. And you have to put together some uh, codes, um, I mean, code of conduct during this communication, uh, during this meeting to make sure that everyone is on the same uh, page. You have to make sure that, first of all, you remind everyone the purpose of it is why are we in business together? Because a lot of business, a lot of family-owned businesses, they forget about that. You have to make sure that, you know, like you remind them what are we trying to accomplish? You should go with an agenda. And I just wanted to, um, I know, Michael, that you had some piece uh, put together into how do we uh, resolve a conflict. In, in, in this case, it will not be a conflict, but how do we um, talk about issues and, and the current issues, the current crisis, to make sure that we're going in the same direction. So I will let you take this piece. All right. I, I think very much that whether it's a husband and wife or a, a two brothers or a son or mother, I'm sorry, a father or mother or son or daughter, uh, with the emotions running the way they can, we have to have, as you said, a code of conduct. And I think a good way to start it is to ask, given an issue that you're talking about, ask one person to share their perspective on that issue with an understanding nobody interrupts them. Even if you disagree, you don't interrupt, you listen. A good idea then is to restate in very quick terms what you just heard from your brother or your mother or, uh, or your husband. Uh, and then the other one gets to share their perspective of that same issue, again, with no interruption. And then they, uh, you restate what they have said. So you're restating each other to show that you've understood, that you've listened, and you each get to, to uh, make your point of view known. And that's just a reasonable way to try to control for any issues of conflict that comes because the emotions are running so differently for everybody. And we're back then to trying to get to that alignment you talked about. Why are we in business together? There's something special about family businesses. They're wonderful businesses, uh, but they have to keep reminding themselves why we chose as a family to run a business because it's complicated. Absolutely. I just wanted to add here that sometimes, you know, like uh, we have some partners by chance and partners by choice. So some of us are just born into it, uh, but some of us select to be part of the um, business. So you have to make sure that, okay, now how do I align all these uh, people, especially in the fam family owned business and, and how do again align everything with the very basic questions, why are we in business together? And, and, and I know this is basic, 
But a lot of times in the family-owned businesses, what will happen is the emotions are so high and they'll focus only on hate and, and uh, uh, bickering rather than, okay, now how do we solve that? What are we trying to accomplish? I remember a client, actually two people working together as partners, and each had an issue with the other's performance, but they'd lost the ability to communicate with each other. And so the business was beginning to break up because they were angry and were frustrated, but they didn't know how to talk to each other in calm terms. So all the things we're saying, this code of conduct, this need for more communication rather than less, all go back to avoiding what was happening with that client. It was almost beyond repair at that point. Absolutely. And we just have to make sure that during this meeting, we have to, and you mentioned already, but how we will treat each other. Yes. And I really like the, the fact that uh, you restate what you just heard, because sometimes we're saying something and when someone repeats it, uh, we are questioning, did they really say that? Did they say it in this way? So I really like that um, way of uh, talking to each other to make sure that everyone understand what you're trying to explain. And, uh, you know, and you, even if you have to restate, like you said, what you heard, mm-hmm. it's, it's very important. So uh, uh, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to, in those early steps, in fact, not only as you state what you said, and then the listener has to restate what you just said. The other thing that I like is that we ought to tell people, you can only ask questions of clarification or more explanation. You can't start your opinion immediately. You have to first show that you've listened. You've had to make sure you really understood the speaker, your, your, your family member, before you jump in and say, well, I have a different point of view because it disrupts the flow of communication and respect for each other that needs to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they should give explanation why they have a different view to make sure that uh, sometimes the intentions, people don't understand the intentions, they're communicating, why do you think that way? And sometimes people will be like, oh, yeah, we have not thought about this point of view and this kind of angle. Why are you coming from this? Um, um, it, it is very important. And, and you have to make sure that... Um, at the end of your conversation, at the end of your meeting, you have to make sure that you put together some accountability in place, who is involved and what are their roles and responsibilities. Because I know that in the family-owned business, everything is blur. Mm-hmm. And the emotions are blur. Uh, you have uh, spouses who are not partners and they are making the the executive decisions. So you have to write it down. So-and-so is responsible for this to make sure that it is on paper. You can change it, but you have to know everyone who, I mean, everyone has to know what is my responsibility to carry the family-owned business ahead. Another important piece of this, as we're talking about the communication process and that coming to a resolution, that written agreement, what we're going to do and who's going to take responsibility and how will we know that we've achieved the result, the measure that tells us we've, we've gotten there. We need to listen to each other for another reason, I think. And that's often when we have a different uh, point of view, it may be because we have differences about what the future is going to be. And what's important in that situation is that everybody has, ought to have a chance to speak to their fear, their worry, their, their stress point. And we need to share that with each other so we understand why 
my brother is coming at this from a different perspective than I am, or my, my daughter has a worry that I didn't realize she had, and I need to address that. So we need to address the fears that are there. Uh, sometimes it even helps to give them a name so that it, we, we can recognize that that's something we're going to have to communicate about as well. Absolutely. I agree with you. And, and you should not judge. One thing in that uh, meeting, you should not judge because every one of us is conditioned differently. And you just have to listen and stay open. And nothing, nothing will stop the communication faster than somebody who makes a point and then says, that's Roger's fault. We wouldn't be talking about this if Roger hadn't done X, Y, Z. And the moment of this speaker blaming Roger, the conversation really ends. There'll be conversation, but it won't be very useful because Roger will defend himself. He has no choice. You put him on the spot. And now we're into the blame game. We're not talking about the issue. We're talking about who's at fault. And that's useless. Yeah, I totally agree. It's like you have to escape the blaming game because it's not productive. And you have to make sure that you focused on the issues at hand. Yes. Don't focus why you did not go to a dinner with your mother or things like that. Focus on the business issues you have to make sure that you have to solve to make sure that your business will be there tomorrow. Yes. And talking about tomorrow, can, can uh, we both touch for a moment on that role of, of a leader versus a manager in the firm? Absolutely. Um, uh, I think that uh, it is it, during this crisis, you have to have a person step up from the family and have to be a leader. Uh, Michael, what do you think? I mean, who should be a leader in situations like that? And there are a number of critical roles that have to be played. But when we say leader, we, we may mean, mean someone who simply is going to guide us through a very stressful time because they have a broader, longer range point of view. It may, may or may not be the person who gets to make the final decision. That's a governance issue we can talk about another day. But to me, the important role of the leader is to re reassure everyone and get everyone to talk about, if we're in the midst of a recession, how do we want to come out? What do we want to look like when this is all over? And can we find common ground, find agreement on that? And then we can work backwards from there in terms of the things we need to do. What happens is we mix the roles together. So the leader feeling the crisis wants to make all the decisions, doesn't want anybody else doing it because they're afraid they make, may, may make the wrong decision. That's a mistake because one person isn't going to be able to do it all. So the leader needs to be that person pointing to the future making sure uh, that we have a longer range point of view. One of the issues here is if we make some decisions today, they may be locking us into future decisions that we don't want because we made a short-term decision, an operational decision, rather than where do we, how do we want to come out of this recession? How, do we, how, are we, how are we going to be stronger? So that leader has an important role to play. We also need somebody managing the business day to day. That, that ought to be somebody else. You, you better have trust among the people you work with among family members. Uh, you better work at having that in advance if you can. Don't over-centralize the decision-making. Uh, and don't forget that there are emotions running rampant within the family and the business. And you need to address them directly. And a leader is a person who, who tries to lead that effort. The manager worries about allocating resources and making decisions. Absolutely. I agree with you. Especially the leader should give us um, some kind of feeling, um, I should not say feeling, but you know, have to put together some metrics. How will 
we define the success? How do we know that we're successful? How do we know, like you said, we're going the right direction? The leader should be like kind of a pilot in, in the plane who is just, they are navigating. Yes, we own the plane. And yes, it's, you know, like all the things we bought, it's, yeah, it's our plane. But this particular pilot have to have enough knowledge to make sure that they can bring us from uh, from a point A to point B. And they have to be very well trained and they have to have uh, skills to make sure that we're going the right direction. And if we're not, they have to be the ones who will tell us, hey, stop, uh, we're not going the right direction. And like I said, we should, we should leave it in their hands. Let me play with that wonderful metaphor a little bit more on it. I really like it. So we're up in the plane and up ahead of us are, are horrendous storms coming our way and there's no way we can go higher to avoid them. So the question is, uh, we want to get to Los Angeles, but we may have to divert uh, down south to Tucson or we could divert up north to, to Butte, Montana. Which should we do? Well, the metrics you talked about are really the criteria we're laying out. And they're going to affect everybody. We could go to Butte, but some people will be a long ways away from where they want to be. Or we could go to, to Tucson, but others will be a long ways away. We need to have criteria to help us make the best decision. And the danger here is that if we don't have metrics or criteria to guide us, we'll be all over the place. Maybe, maybe we go down uh, into uh, Las Vegas, but it's not where anybody wants to be. So the, the leader needs to have that set of criteria understood and accepted by everybody. So when a real crisis hits, a quick decision can be made. Which way do we go? How do we avoid this bad storm? Absolutely. And we can expand uh, on some other podcasts and webinar down the road, but we just wanted to mention to our listeners that, you know, in, in a little bit larger family businesses, that is uh, possible. However, in the small family business, you know, husband and wife, they have to sit on the table. And again, our recommendation is to make sure that you have goals and you have agenda, because a lot of times you will get off the topic and you will not accomplish what you're trying to do. And what you're trying to do is pretty much you're trying to save the, um, the golden, um, the golden egg, which is bringing you money so your business in this situation it's back to your question why are we in business together because we want to accomplish something so protect what we're trying to accomplish find a way to agree to agree absolutely so just to um recap uh, our conversation today michael um what we have talked about is first of all we've talked about communication how often you should communicate and you can discuss this during the meeting also, because some businesses need uh, frequent communication. We do recommend that you communicate very fre- frequently right now during these um, tough times. We've talked about also um, how to conduct a very difficult meeting mm-hmm. during these very difficult times. And, and we've are, talked about- as you can say, And what are the rules of behavior for everyone? Yes, absolutely. And the last thing we touched is who should be the leader and why we should select that, them as the leaders. And then I, I'd add two more that, that we don't want to get into the blame game. So talk about the issue, not about where it came from or who caused it. And finally, we need to address the fears. A good leader understands that it's a people 
stress that's occurring, not just a business stress. So we need to address the fears that are out there and try to quiet those fears so we can move forward as a business. And then put a little plan together at the end. What are Absolutely. we How are we going to do it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you always have to have contingency plan and we will be talking about contingency plan, I think, on one of our webinars uh, down the road. But uh, thank you so much, uh, Michael. Thank you to our listeners. I would like to thank everyone again for joining us. Please make sure that if you have any questions in regards to this topic, email us at info at ffresearch.com. You can find our information at thepackers.com under the community page, Green Bay Packers Mentor Protege Program. Keep watching for us at Lessons in Success. This podcast was brought to you by the Green Bay Packers Mentor Protege Program and the Digital Department of Northeast Wisconsin Technical College.